The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Wednesday, 27th of May. The Fujicast. Welcome to the Fujicast. Once weekly, now daily, but only for a limited amount time more, because on Sunday, Kev, um, that's our, our final one of the dailies. I say for the moment, because um, you never know, do you? Life's a funny old thing, as we found out in the last three or four months. <laughs> Mm. Um, so, uh, although if the daily were ever to come back as myself and Kev, I'd want it to be in very different circumstances, not because we don't find ourselves with a lot to do on our hands or anything. So, uh, but 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 there we go. Um, how are you today, Kev? I'm okay. I just had a very pleasant uh, webinar with a bunch of photographers from the Philippines. Very oh. pleasant they were. All right. Okay. Well, uh, so it was a web. Did it have any particular subject this webinar, or was it just a hangout, or? Um, yeah, it was just uh, somebody got in touch with me on Instagram. Somebody I've met, I've chatted to before, um, and said, uh, you know, do you, there's a whole load of people over here. We'd love to hear from you. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So we just did it. Brilliant. So what were they doing? So, um, throwing questions at the Mullins. Yeah, I went through a, a little um, presentation, you know, showed some work, talked about how I did my editing and all that other stuff. And then we had a little bit of a QA and a and little group, group chat and stuff. That was very really nice. What time was it? in Because the, um, they're, they're ahead, aren't they, by, by a reasonable yeah. amount. So have they stayed up late to, to spend some time with Mullins? Probably about 11 o'clock their time mm. now. Yeah. yeah, in night. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, how many were there? Were there quite a few in there or...? I think it was 11 or 12. Cool, yeah. that's good. I, I, do you know, it's always, I think, above 11 or 12, it gets a, a bit difficult to handle, doesn't it, to be honest? Yeah, well, they were all very, very good because they all turned their videos off and muted themselves while I did my thing. And then at the end, we had a little you know, Q&A. So, yeah, mm. that was really good. Perfect. Really good. Really Perfect. nice people. Right, well, we've got a book today. Um, so we'll, we'll have a look at your, your b- books that you should buy when it's safe to come out and spend money again feature, which uh, seems only just around the corner for, for, well, some people are already there. And for the rest of us, we're, we're getting there. So let's do some questions first. Mike Mullaney, um, you may have talked about this at some point, but I can't remember. Um, it's almost like it felt uh, initially like it it really belonged on a on a tech free tuesday but tech free tuesday is now having gone i <laughs> i wanted to mention it but but equally it, it gives me an opportunity to bring up this idea about tribes in photography kev so you may have talked about this at some point but i can't remember i wanted to know what brought the two of you together you both must have met so many photographers in the wedding industry and you you, you may have thought well i wouldn't mind working with them again and of course the opposite so how did you two meet and and why did you stay in touch Kevin had Neil's work on one of his presentations, I think. Hmm. I can't remember. I definitely used to show your work at my presentations. For I, think, sure. I think I think I think it was the oh was it the other way around? I thought it was No, oh, no, no, no. I said Kevin had Neil's work. I used to oh. show whenever I used to do my workshops and presentations, I always used to start by talking about uh you, some pictures from you, some pictures from uh, James Revillius, some pictures from Elliot Erwitt. Um, I did, well, no, I, I, that feels, feels, a bit, uh, feels a bit self-indulgent that I said it like that, because I'm sure I used to talk about you and my workshops as well. But we did, we did meet up. We met at uh, various workshops that we went to. I, I always remember, I, th- I think, sitting next to you, sharing ice cream at the uh, Joe Busink thing in Bristol. Um, that was after. That was after we met. I think. Did we not both know Alistair Freeman mutually beforehand? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because now that brings me n- neatly on, and this is this is why I wanted to mention it, Mike, uh, about having um, tribes in photography and people that you you have shared. Um, opinions with and shared values with um, and I'm not just talking about business referral groups because 
I, I think that's the obvious one that most people initially think, isn't it, Kev? They think, right, have a referral group, we'll all give each other some money. And But it, I, I think sometimes we belong in particular to one Facebook group. Yeah, uh, I always laugh at the word tribes. I know it's a very marketing, I think it was it is, Seth Godin, it? wasn't it, or yeah. somebody who kind of coined that originally. Um, but yeah, tribes. <laughs> uh, but no, it, I, I, you know, it's not just Seth that uses it. As uh, uh, there's a few people who use it now. I, I, oh yeah, no, of course, it's a, it's a well-known marketing kind of colloquialism. Uh, I'm using sure. it now. But um, all right, let's call it groups. But it, it is, I think, finding groups like we did with Alistair and uh, the Facebook group that that we have with other people as well, where we feel that we can communicate without without you know we can talk about the issues we have without being judged is important isn't it yeah absolutely i think i i would say that I, i've come across a couple of people in my wedding photography career who who have never really understood that the power of uh, collectively being together you know it's always been about not sharing not telling anybody else and always being negative and those people kind of drift and disappear, really, in the end. But the ones that do get together and help each other out and support each other, whether that's just a simple Facebook group or whether it's passing business to each other or whatever, yeah, that, that works really well. You know, it's, there's a lot of good, good stuff out there like that. Mm. Well, it's not so much a referral group, but I even think the Fujicast Facebook group has turned into a really good and safe place for mm -hmm. people to, to share thoughts, advice, opinions. But not, not all groups are like that. But no. um, anyway, thanks, Mike. Uh, Andy Stonia. Hello, guys. Thanks for the podcast. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, wedding question. Obvs from me, from Andy. All my couples are moving their dates to next year, quoting things like, we can ensure all our family can attend without worry. But are we just going to have the same problem in 2021 with 2020's postponed weddings realising that they can't go ahead, or if they can, not in the way that they'd envisaged? So 2020's weddings moved to 2021, now wanting to move to 2022. 2021 weddings wanting to, uh, yeah, I get the idea, leading to me shooting 2020 weddings in 2025. Um, now, uh, we, we had a chat about this. I, I um, had a prospective, well, a meeting with a prospective bride and groom last night via Zoom, of course, and um, she was a doctor at a fairly big hospital, um, not so far away from where I live. And her take on it, and she has a, a, a wedding, I think it was May or was it June ne next year, um, her feelings were that, that this will go. And she seemed very relaxed about it. Well, we don't know, do we? I mean, I'm guessing, yeah, I mean, it looks like, it looks like it's travelling around the globe, doesn't it? It looks like mm. poor South Americans are getting kicked in the yeah, belly by it now. Not having a good time, no. Uh, you know, and I've read, I've read several things that, that kind of imply that it will eventually just burn itself out and, you know, hopefully it will. And some people have said it will be with us forever and I'm sure that there will always be an element of it forever. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, my, in my mind, personally, I think that next year will be relatively normal wedding-wise in terms of what people can do and what they can't do. Um, and that's, that's what I'm planning on. If it's, if it's not, we'll find out next year. Well, did you know, by the way, um, because SARS and MERS were really, well, they were nasty. This is nasty, but they were particularly nasty, weren't they? Did you know SARS that? SARS was, yeah. Yeah. Do you know that, that uh, SARS still exists? Yeah, yeah, of course it does. And do you know? Yeah, they well, all do. I know. I, yeah, I, I kind of knew you knew that, but I just, did you know that, that people do still present at hospitals in this country with SARS, e even of, as late as recently? 
Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's there's things that you just can't get rid of. You know, you know, look at measles and uh, there's even people still have um, bubonic plague in certain parts of the world. Mm. You know, it's just these, there's something like two hundred thousand viruses, animal to human viruses out there. Mm. And of course, bubonic plague came from uh, fleas on rats, didn't it? And uh, you know, we obviously we don't have so many rat rat infested places these days so we don't have so many problems like that but some places do and uh yeah i mean i i guess it will just be i you know i really hope that it will just be the you know oh you know like getting the flu again you know someone's got the flu yeah. best not around their house well this was interesting talking to this doctor who who doesn't take things you know she was very serious about the virulence of this at the moment but she said she um this particular hospital she works at had dealt with sars um uh, really quite recently and uh, and she said it'll be here forever but they they get it gets less virulent the yeah. the problem with sharing that message openly at the moment and of course i'm no expert um is that some people then take liberties and that's not what we need at the moment yes mm. especially people in government yes should we move on um yeah. i love this name by the way David Enzel in Washington. Which is really <laughs> Why do you like at, that name so much? Well, because Denzel Washington is one of my favourite actors of all time. But his name's not Denzel. I know, but his, when you say... His name's David Enzel. David Enzel Washington. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, it's just, maybe it's just me. But anyway... Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it now, yeah. yeah. You get it. Anyway, David, you're very welcome. It's nice to hear from you. Uh, this <laughs> one's been mooted on a few occasions, but I always feel that, uh, you know, Kev, that things need to be updated. And, of course, over this period... We know through looking at the figures of this show, a lot of new listeners have joined us, and you are very welcome. And David might be one of them. Uh, this question suggests that he might be. Um, I know this m might have been asked before, but I haven't heard your answer yet. I use Lightroom for everything, including my Fuji files. I keep reading that Lightroom does not do a good job with Fuji files. I've tried Capture One, but I'm a long-time Lightroom user and cannot get used to Capture One. I don't want to switch. Do you feel Lightroom does a good job, please, with the Fuji files? Or should I flee Lightroom due to the alleged worms that people keep talking about? We've talked about the alleged worms quite a lot on this show. Well, we have. So we, we probably don't need to go in, into too much detail. But my advice really is if you can see them said alleged worms in your pictures, then probably investigate something else. If you can't, don't. <laughs> you like and I, don't, yeah. I can't see them i never no. see them now i'm having a try I'm, I'm having no i don't shoot landscape i don't uh, zoom into my images quite as much as some people might for with certain genres so that's where the problem is isn't it kev if you're a, if you're a photojournalist street street um street shooter wedding shooter if if you're doing that kind of work, you're not likely to be troubled by this worm issue, are you? Well, I, honestly, I've never. I mean, I have seen people show screenshots of it, but I've never seen it in my pictures. Mm. It tends to be, I think, it tends to be on the older, uh, older versions of Lightroom as well. Now, like certainly the the last kind of year or so, they've done a lot of work with the way that they they deal with Fuji X-Trans um, images. Yeah. And they also have a, a specific tool in Lightroom now called Detail, Fine Detail or something, which, uh, or Refine Detail, which actually even goes ahead and makes them even sharper and all that kind of stuff without affecting the details. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, oh, I don't know, it, it really, this has become like the Mac and Windows debate. This it has, has the, you, you run the risk of, yeah. of people really getting the hump and saying, no, you're completely wrong because Lightroom <laughs> is terrible. 
and and perhaps it is for them but for me it's not and it's by far an easier workflow by a by a country mile well, workflow. I, yeah and i remember at the start of lockdown um we we're only about two or three weeks into lo- uh, into lockdown you said right i'm going to sit there i'm going to learn capture one and i thought that was it kev's off to capture one but I you, did learn it, yeah. and I learned that it wasn't for me. Yeah. I'm afraid, not in this iteration. Mm. It doesn't have the mobile stuff I, I like to use. Doesn't I, I, it's just very quirky. Yeah. Uh, you can't do straightening of things very easily. The cropping is awkward, uh, and I'm not saying it's not a very very good application. I, uh, you know, I know it is. I know people. You know, Wayne Johns uses it for his uh, corporate, sorry, his editorial um, work, fine art work, and amazingly, and the details are are there. It's clear to say. Yeah. Uh, and he swears by it and says that Lightroom was never good enough for him. So, you know, there must be something in it. But yes. uh, for me, nope, I'm more not than happy. Not for you. Uh, it's much easier to, much, much, much easier for workflow Lightroom right. for me. Jeremy Baker. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Neil. Uh, friend of the show now, Jeremy Baker. I think you've earned that title now. Blah, blah, blah. Love the podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Both deserve recognition. Blah. <laughs> My <laughs> questions. What rules of thumb or shortcuts or mnemonics do either of you use when prepping, shooting, and in post-production, e.g. Um, safe shutter speed equals two times lens focal length? Is that got three questions, actually? So, um, so we'll start with that one. Do you have any rules of thumb or shortcuts or mnemonics? Um, I don't feel I sure. have any. I, I... The whole, well, the whole uh, double focal length thing was, of course, is a real thing, you know, but it doesn't mean that you can't shoot at slower shutter speeds mm. so effectively what they were saying were that if you are if you had a 100 mil lens and this this was on a full frame equivalence then you should be shooting a minimum of one two hundredth of a second mm. to ensure sharpness but but of course that's very uh you know subjective as well because it depends very much on what's happening in the scene how fast those things are moving right. and it, it depends and it, on how steady your hands yeah. are equally un- unworkable in low light sometimes often sometimes yeah. but also i found i did used to think about that a lot when i used to shoot with my dslrs but as soon as i went to smaller cameras not at all i mean i'm shooting one fortieth of a second i mean i shot a picture mm. the other night of i'll be um, uh, and it was one twenty-fifth of a second on the GFX 100 with a 110 mil lens, yeah. which goes against all of the rules. Um, Mind you, you've, you know, you've got your image stabilization on that camera, haven't you? Well, exactly. So technology has changed and everything now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, of course, there are things that I, I go through my camera and make sure things like my auto ISO is set correctly. Mm. Um, the dates and times uh, across the bodies are all set correctly. I normally do all of that when I'm sat in the car um, mm. just before the wedding. That's the only time I format the cards as well. Up until the time I'm sat outside the wedding venue, I haven't formatted the cards I'm about to use. Really? I suppose yeah. if you remember to do it, it's a bit like me with putting microphones on people. People say, oh, how do you remember to do it? You just do it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That's because that's the reason for it. Because if you, you know, I might sit in the car and think, right, I've got to go and shoot this wedding now. And mm. oh, yeah, I remember I formatted those cards yesterday and perhaps I didn't. Yeah. And you know you start shooting and you've got two shots left and you 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 know got somebody else's wedding pictures on there, so yeah. Sure. Um. I in in terms of um, using the um, auto ISO, I speak with people sometimes who have um, they've got the the three different auto ISO levels set up. I've only ever got one really, a, a sort of catch all size really with the lowest shutter speed, lowest you know highest ISO level. Do do you get complex with that and have three different? things for three different not overly i i do typically have mine set to the minimum the fastest uh uh, shutter speed is usually one one twenty fifth 
um, sorry, the minimum shutter speed is 1 125th. Highest ISO is 1200, 12,800. That's typically what I go with. Um, but sometimes if I'm, if I'm like when it gets a bit later and I need to shoot at slower shutter speeds, then rather than setting that manually with a shutter dial, I might, I've got a separate um, auto ISO, which will, right. will dump, drop that down. Right. Um, and uh, also drop the ISO down to 6400 because I don't really want to be shooting at really low shutter speed at 12800. No. Um, and of course, you can see it in the viewfinder. So if it's, if it's not working, then you can, you can shoot manually. Um, photographically, Jeremy says, what things have you stopped doing that you'd have done regularly in the past, like techniques and style and workflow? Again, I... I I think I've stayed fairly um, fairly loyal to all the techniques and styles and my feeling about how I go into a job for, for a number of years now. Yeah, same as me. I don't think anything has changed. I can't really think of anything, yeah. I have to say. Uh, not when it comes to weddings, anyway. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've piqued my interest in, in things like personal portraits and uh, even um, still life I like now, like taking pictures of plants and stuff like that. But but nothing from a commercial point of view that's yeah. that's remained constant work workflows changed slightly for me because um uh, as i said the other day up to only about 3 years ago uh, everything was everything was manipulated using photoshop nothing was done in lightroom um i am a, a late adopter of lightroom there's no doubt about that but uh, um, and if all jobs paid the same, what would you do? We had this question in, in Tech Free Tuesday. So very briefly, um, for me, it was um, photography like Platon, you know, meeting all these incredible people and being able to talk to them and, and just mm. to be immersed in their thoughts. And I wanted to be a behind the scenes rugby photographer. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and he did have a PS. Is this strap worthy? Jeremy, which decade are you in? We, <laughs> <laughs> we, st- we stopped doing that quite some time ago, but it's nice to hear from you. Um, one more, uh, which um, is, is more sort of a, a, a kind of something to look at, and we'll put the link in the show notes for this, and then we're going to move on to your book. Um, hi, chaps. Hope you're faring well. Um, I write because uh, it may be of interest. I recently published a small 12-inch uh, square zine of... Uh, of a little project that um, I want you to throw up on your your screen now, Kev. Have you got it? So yep. this is TedSmithPhotography.co.uk. This is um, we'll put the we'll put the um, the actual address up. But this is something that he did um, uh, for the COVID nineteen response to so help raise some money. Profits going to the Trussell Trust. And there we go. Now now available as a printed book. And you liked it in particular because a it's a book. And b it was all shot on film, which was uh, yeah. a challenge, of course, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice pictures. It's yeah. uh, so it's London by night during the during the lockdown. Yeah. Um. So yeah, some triax. I think just reading the the website now is shot on Hasselblad five hundred one cm triax four hundred color ones. What were the color ones? The color ones were Provia one hundred. Yeah, really nice, really Super. nice pictures actually. I looked at the shard, and you can tell they're not digital as well, yeah. which is nice. Whenever I see a picture of the shard, it reminds me of flying back into Heathrow a few years back, and there was a low layer of of uh, cloud that day. Cloud level was very low, and sticking out the top of the clouds. There was just the top of the shard, nothing else in London. And mm. I didn't have anything to take a picture with. 
<laughs> I, uh, that picture there of um, of the shard when the shard at night is lit up like that yeah. with with its uh, crown on, if you like, it reminds me of Beaker, the cartoon character to the, the Muppets. I think was it Muppets. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm looking at Ted's picture now, and you're absolutely right. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see Beaker stood there with his little orange head. <laughs> never thought of that before. Anyway, Ted Smith. Yes, thank you for that. We're going to put your link. Um, into the show notes today and i really would advise you go and look at it because there's some so some cracking work on there talking of things to go look at there'll be a link for this as well book of the week kev kev's kev's book that you can safely go out and buy when it's when you can spend money again feature book of the week mm. and this is one of my favorite books and if i remember rightly it was the one and only matt hart that put me in in kind of direction of this book all right um, and there is, luckily, only one Matt Hart, for those that know him. Yeah. Um, and uh, this book is called uh, you'll The be Brothers. In, you'll be in trouble again. Doing the war. Doing the war. Uh, there's, a, there's a book. It's a book called The Brothers by a photographer called Elin Hoyland. All right. Uh, now, it's, uh, I presume he's Danish or Scandinavian of some kind. Um but it's uh, it's a beautiful book, and I have checked. It's still available on Amazon. It's available. You, it's not two thousand pounds or anything like that. Um, and it's about these two brothers called Harold and Matthias, um, and uh, they've they've basically always lived together on the same small farm. Um, neither is married. Neither of them moved away. And uh, you know, the the blurb of the book said that on one day. Um, one of the brothers spent a night away from the house and the other brother described it as the worst day of his life. Oh, God. Um, and it's it's just beautiful. And it's just portraits of these guys in their, um, well, I mean, it's like a wooden cabin, I suppose. But there's, like, really lovely details of, like, the combs they use. There's pictures of their bathroom and, of course, lots of portraits of them. But m- probably more important than the portraits is them just getting on with their daily lives, washing their hands and, you know, cooking um outside with the shed and it's just beautiful all black and white of course um you know and kind of there's a picture here um picture of either harold or um matthias whichever <laughs> one is feeding the birds in the bird feeder um really really beautiful a simple book it's not i mean it's a i would say it's uh, uh it's not a huge book it's a dewey lewis do it i always have problems pronouncing this mm-hmm. dewey lewis book um, so you can either get it from DeweyLewisPublishing.com or you can go to Amazon. We will have a link, of course. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely, really lovely. I love the portrait of the two of them on the front cover. They just sat, stood there. They, I mean, they look like twins, but they're not. Um, and, you know, because there's five years between them. But they're, they're stood there, both got their bobble hats on, both with their tops off and their, their kind of corduroy trousers, looking very, very, one of them's looking very proud that he's having his picture taken. Yeah. The other one's looking like he's going to kill in Hoyland <laughs> for taking his picture. Um, but I'm sure he wasn't. It's beautiful, really beautiful. Isn't one it, of my favourite, absolute favourite books. Isn't it funny uh, what projects um, spike the interest of publishers? Yeah, I, I think Dewey Lewis, I mean, their stuff is amazing. You know, a lot of the books that he's published over the years or they've published over the years have been, you know, very groundbreaking documentary style stuff. And, of course, he's an independent publisher, Dewey Lewis, so... Mm. Uh, you know he's he's uh, some good stuff so to, yeah check out dewey lewis publishing.com mm-hmm. as well or you can get it from amazon or all good bookstores i would imagine and from the 15th of june you'll probably be able to go into waterstones again what do you think so yeah he said aren't you from the 15th of june all shops can open 
Oh, right. So did I miss, did, did I miss that? 15th? When yep. did they say that? Yesterday. Do you know what? I haven't watched the news in 24 hours. <laughs> There you go. I, I suppose uh, yesterday I, the news was on the first of June. Right, car 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 um, stores can open and outside markets on the fifteenth of June. All other non-essential stores can open, and on the sixteenth of June, Neil James Photography is not allowed to open. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> well, at least I got a name check. Do you know that says a lot about my experience of the last um, three months? That at one stage I was checking the news every five, ten, fifteen minutes. And as the weeks have gone by, I've done it less and less and less. And then as the Dominic Cummings story was coming up, I was thinking, I just, I don't want to go back into this, this round robin journalism. I just can't bear it. And I, I, I literally switched off media over 24 hours ago. The only news, the only thing I learned about was by speaking to the, to the, to the doctor yesterday, um, the prospective client. That was all. Isn't that funny? Mm. Isn't that odd? Anyway, um, Dennis Skyam, just to finish with today. Hi, guys. I love it, by the way, Kev, as this thing has gone on, how people have gotten to know our humour. And I think Dennis Skyam, now you can officially be a friend of the show, Dennis, is, is kind of, he would officially be a bloke you'd like to sit in the pub with of the show as well. I just <laughs> invented a new title. I forgot to send this in for the revenge episode with Andreas, but maybe you can just pass it on. I'd like to formally petition Fujifilm that the next X100 be the X100D just so we can listen to you talk, to talk for hours about how much you love the D. <laughs> On a more serious note, I just wanted to shoot you guys a message of thanks. This corona business has been bad enough, but on top of that, my partner suddenly needed emergency eye surgery because her retina detached. Oh, I'm feeling Ouch. nauseous at the thought. And pretty much blinded her from one moment to the other. She's doing better now after two weeks of bumping into every piece of furniture we own. But having to, to both socially distance and be a home nurse has been a tough order. Listening to you two Muppets every day has really been a bright spot in some otherwise dark days. So thank you. And I look forward to listening to you every Monday once again. Best regards. <laughs> I'm going to put you down there in the... You've got our humour pile, which is a growing pile, just to the right-hand side over there in case you're imagining the studio. And that's it for another day. Thursday tomorrow, back for Thursday. This week is whisking past. Only four left. Mm, Thursday, Friday, four Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Is it four five? Yeah, four, no, four more. Four more. Uh, yeah. And then back to Mondays from June the 8th. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and it sounds like back to Mondays with Kev here. Hooray! Although not if it's true that I really was that third message in the yeah he definitely said that <laughs> did he okay i'm gonna go and watch it see you tomorrow kev bye bye the fuji cast is an independent loading zone production goodbye sweetheart where it's time to go we're back tomorrow with another show well unless we're fired we'll talk to you then goodbye sweetheart goodbye goodbye